0: Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. We're your hosts, Lauren and Adam.
1: We dive headfirst into conversations, breaking down things like religion and purity culture, sex, spirituality, and the world around us.
0: Although we now consider ourselves to be somewhere between agnosticism and mystical atheism, we often speak from our experiences, from our time spent in the Christian music industry and religious upbringing.
1: We bring on a variety of guests to hear their story and help demystify topics that we were once taught to fear or ignore expanding the lenses through which we see the world
0: we'd love to hear your story you can find us on instagram at deconstruct.pod now on to the episode everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Tim Whitaker, aka The New Evangelicals on Instagram. He was homeschooled, grew up in church, and over time, deconstructed. He's passionate about the Christian tradition and resisting Christian nationalism. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Hello.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I'm going to ask probably the most important question I will ask all day to you. Um, why did you start the new evangelicals?
2: <laughs> the honest reason is because of Sean Foyt.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Okay. <laughs> the, the
2: lettuce worship guy. I love it. Uh, so know, something a, good did
1: come it, out of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, essentially it's a pandemic. I'm at home, not working. My family's construction business was shut down. That's what I was doing at the time. And, um, you know, what do you do when when you're at home and, um, you're just you're you're just sitting around. You watch a lot of Instagram, and I remember following Sean <laughs> Foy, being like, "Wow, this guy like it's it's frustrating me how he's using how he's using like like uh religious language and evangelical language to justify really dumb policy perspectives, and also protesting that he can't sing songs out loud by singing songs out loud and, <laughs> and not not being impeded by it. So so I'm sitting there one day on my rocker, and I'm just like. We just we need something better. Like I mean, I mean, obviously at this point there's the whole Trump stuff. We'll get into all that, but there's a lot of things that are mounting, are kind of accumulating here. And um, I said to myself, we just need like we need a better evangelical movement. We need like a a new evangelicals, like the new evangelicals, like you know, that's not a bad name.
1: (laughs) No, that's That's not a bad name, Tim. (laughs) I love that. I love and, uh, the visual as well with yeah. the rocking chair. I just imagine you sitting there sipping whiskey, watching Sean Foyt videos on YouTube, and it's I was on my rocker
2: outside, outside of my front porch like an old man, <laughs> and uh, just, like, fuming over this. And uh, I looked it up, and no one had that name. I'm like, wow. Well, I might also well grab it just in case. One day I decided to do something with it. And then uh, in December we launched. So wow. that's kind of the short story. Mm-hmm.
0: So I know now, okay, so it's been around for a year as far as an Instagram goes, but yeah. the new Evangelicals is kind of, it's growing. Um, and I know you've posted a lot about it today as you know we are recording. Um, yeah. And you mentioned that you're expanding beyond Instagram and even Facebook um, and are now considered a nonprofit. What does that look like? Is, is it like a sort of an online church?
2: Definitely not. Um, Going to avoid church language like that at all costs for me personally. Yeah. Um, you know, um, uh, we're really kind of. You know, the first year you're kind of like an infant, right? You're just kind of figuring things out. Our 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 mission statement legally is we're centered on Jesus, driven by our stories and committed to pushing the church forward together. That's kind of like what we aim to do. Um, how we're doing that, what that looks like, it's taking shape. But a couple of our main outlets, obviously, there's social media. But the big thing is people want to get connected. They want to know I'm not alone. Mm. They want to connect with, with, with people over the internet or in person. So we have a map. You can go to newevangelicals.com, and create an account for free, and and put like your town in and see who's in your area. And you can DM them directly. So we're trying to really – focus and, and continue continue to build um, ways for, pe- for people to connect and engage beyond just um, oh I like this post mm-hmm. oh I like this video etc
1: that's cool so it's like all the connection pieces of a church minus the actual like brick and mortar space with one uh, omnipotent leader that uh, guides everybody into this journey down <laughs> what they're supposed to believe <laughs> about the eternity and and everything.
2: Yeah. And hopefully without any of the abuse either. Right. I mean, that's definitely the goal. Um, And even, you know, you bring up a great point um, about, about like the, the single leader thing, you know, we have a team of 16 people, volunteers who work with me total. Um, And one of the core values I told the board early on is like, this can never be centered around the personality of Tim. It it just can't Mm -hmm. be a thing. Um, And long-term, really the the long-term goal is to have a team of people who are, who are co-equal, in a leadership position, driving it together that have a variety of perspectives. I mean, that is, that is a long-term vision to get to. So, so I'm with you all the way on that. We don't need more CEOs, especially white men in, in these kinds of spaces claiming to have the new answers to things. I think that that's just ultimately unhelpful.
0: Mm. What, so what does that look like to you uh, pushing the church forward? Yeah,
2: well, uh, you know, if, just for some clair- uh, clarification on my end, that when we say church, I'm I'm really referring to the evangelical church, right? I mean, that is my mother. That that that's who birthed me, and I'm not here to critique the Catholic Church or even mainline church. People do that who are part of those traditions. But for us, pushing the church forward looks like a, like a few things. First, it's just accountability. I mean, can we hold the church accountable um, to to platforming abusers consistently? Right? Can we hold the church accountable for its um, it, it, it being in bed with Christian nationalism. Um, can we hold the church accountable for just having really narrow boundaries that even are beyond typical Christian Orthodox statements, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so, so there's that end of it, just making people aware, Hey, this is in the church. Um, uh, like w- one example I, I point to a lot is, um, I'm not sure if your audience knows who, who, um, Michael Flynn is but he's a disgraced general um, that worked with Trump. He was actually arrested and tried and convicted of crimes. Trump pardoned him, and he's touring churches now. I mean, saying some of the craziest stuff you ever heard to to the point where one church brought him to their service and gifted him in front of the whole congregation with an AR-15 to a round oh of applause. And he said, he said on the pulpit, Oh, I should go down to Washington D.C. with this. To, 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 I swear to God, it's on my Instagram feed. You can find it. Wow. When that happens, when the church is doing that and people are celebrating it, and and evangelical leaders say nothing because they're too busy talking about critical race theory or 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 you know how women shouldn't be in leadership. I think that's a moment where it's like, okay, we have to talk about this yeah. <laughs> and like and start sounding the alarm.
1: I mean, honestly, though, but why is that worth saving to you because to me it sounds like trying to save trying to to help push a church forward trying to save the evangelical the language of that community and the and the as you said it's your mother like why why is that worth saving to you because to me it seems like a lot of the language that's happening in and granted i don't know if you would consider yourself deconstructed or post evangelical sure. or if you would consider yourself still evangelical even though you're operating in spaces that don't look anything like an evangelical church does at the moment, you, why, what, what is it for you that, that makes you want to tie yourself to that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, if it wasn't for my church asking me to step down from leading worship, I would still be there for the record. I would still be in evangelical spaces. Um, frankly, the word evangelical really just means the bringer of good news, ultimately, and i still believe in that i still believe that, that that there is that there is good news to um to to talk about and that there's good news to bring there's also a really interesting thing. There's a really great book by a guy named Donald uh, Dayton. It's an older book. It's called Discovering an Evangelical Heritage. And he talks about how the early evangelicals were abolitionists. They were part of the Underground Railroad. They were some of the first um, egalitarian Christians uh, in the U.S. You know, they were the first ones to ordain women. They were a bunch of radicals uh, <laughs> through the West tradition. Yeah. And so when I, when I see that, I go, okay, there is something here. Yes, it's bo- it's been co-opted for sure. And also, I think it's important to recognize that that you know, a lot of times the critique we get is, "Oh, you're just so negative of, uh, uh, about the church. You're so sure. critical of the church." And my answer is, "No, we're not. We're critiquing the institution that has mapped itself onto the church and that is holding the church hostage with really bad mm-hmm. theology and really terrible political outlooks on things." And so, I think there's a way to to to, to get in there and say, "Okay, we can still." Even use the term evangelical, but we have to reclaim what that means. And the last part of that is, frankly, I'm just too damn stubborn. I, I just refuse <laughs> to, to to leave and be like, okay, you you can have it. Like, no, you can't have it. That is a good name. You know, we do want to be people who bring good news to people, but we have to rethink what that means in our modern day context.
0: Yeah. Well, as a deconstructed person, which I know you've mentioned that you are, like, you have deconstructed. Um, what was it? we see people on everybody's journey is different and um, there's really mm-hmm. no landing page or landing yeah. pad or whatever. Um, but I, so, but I'm still curious though what it was about Christianity itself, not just evangelicalism, but like Christianity that ha- has rooted you essentially, like you personally, um, because you know we have all we have all kinds of listeners, right And so I'm thankful for spaces for sure. for everyone to la- to land and be and commune with others. So I'm thankful for your mm-hmm. work even though I consider myself a mystical atheist um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I used and I did go to an evangelical church growing up and, and I my path is great and your path is great. and anyway, so I, I'm curious as to you in, uh, in your journey what it was about Christianity that that holds strong for you.
2: Uh, great question i think my wife would probably align more with you than me on some days (laughs) Uh, she would see herself more as like an agnostic mystic in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but um yeah you know for me it's it's jesus i mean it is the jesus we read about in the gospels it's it's the it's the christ it is this idea that 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 we have the choice every day to partner with the divine, to bring about wisdom and love and beauty and order um, on God's good earth, um, or we can participate in cycles of violence. And what do we want to do? And I, I find that idea so powerful. I think the Bible and even how we understand the Christian story has been so minimized um, and doctrinatized, if that's even a word, and theologized that we really miss out on on what these, I would say, at least at a minimum, brilliant, biblical authors are really pointing to Mm -hmm. Uh, whether, you know, whether you take it as, as, as God itself or or not is one thing, but as far as just the the authors themselves and how the Bible is constructed, I mean, even people like Bart Ehrman have immense respect for the scriptures and he's a Mm -hmm. huge skeptic. So, so there's definitely, I think, room for beauty and just to realize like this way of Jesus is beautiful. Loving your enemies, trying to bring heaven on earth, aiming for the for the good of all humanity, trying to include the ones who are excluded, which makes it so frustrating when the when my heritage is known for the opposite. Like it just it blows right. my mind. It makes smoke come out of my ears. It's so frustrating.
1: It's uh, so like barring um, uh, substitutionary atonement for you in your journey, it, it, does it necessitate Jesus being? a singular representation of divinity in human form? Like does it does it does it require Jesus to be God on earth for you? Or is it just the message of Jesus period as a person that was written about in historical scripture?
2: Yeah, great question. For me personally, the idea and the concept of, of God incarnate is essential for me. Um, obviously, I know people land at all different places on that. Me and Joe Lumen have talked about this. We don't see eye to eye on some of this stuff. you know there's mm-hmm. still plenty of room for us to swim in these waters, because we're aiming towards a common goal. But for me personally um i I do completely affirm an incarnate Christ as as God themselves
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yep. yeah, I think that's so cool that there's still so many different representations of community and and like Lauren was saying earlier, uh different landing spots <coughs> or different people that are still on their own journey that looks entirely different than yours. But but, I feel like that is what we needed to come out of these church spaces. We didn't need another denomination that was set yeah. on being right. We didn't need somebody mm-hmm. else that was just going to create a rule, a new set of rules that um, people have to follow or else. <laughs> right, um, right. And, and yeah. I feel like just you being in this space and being made up the new evangelicals, you being the UN 16 volunteers being those people that are trying to craft a space and a very specific thing for people to cling on to, because as much as everybody wants to kind of be ambiguous and uh, agnostic about what God is and what spirituality is and what their journey is after they leave something so strict and specific, I think people still crave a direct link to somebody else who has founded beliefs in something, somebody that has Mm. parameters to say, Hey, here's, here's actually what I still believe. These are the things that I am aspiring toward. These are the, this is the language that I want to reclaim. This is the stuff that I want to set aside. Um, and, and though it may create more of a niche, I think it's, I think it's really important for people to be able to find that niche. It doesn't just have to be this launch into outer space where everybody just waves as they pass each other by, but to be able to build a community of like of people with different ideologies. I'm sure there are so many people with different ways that they view uh, Christianity and faith, even amongst the people that are working with you. So I just, I just want to say, I think it's really neat that you're building a space that is that, is very specific and very um, uh, it clings to to the beliefs that you find yourself longing for, but it also holds space for so many different people to be in it.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, that you pretty much summed up what I'm trying to do really well, honestly. And it, it, it can be tough, you know. I think that when you come out of gatekeeping spaces, um, when you get uncomfortable, you want to start gatekeeping because that's all you know. Um, also, at the same time, you want to there has to be boundaries somewhere, right? Like if someone comes in and starts, you know, um, talking about, um, you know, uh, black Americans as inferior, obviously that, that's a major boundary that we're not going to cross, right? So obviously we every group has boundaries and we're kind of figuring those out, but w- our boundaries are not centered around what might uh, trigger some either reformed conservatives or some conservative uh, uh, evangelicals. They're certainly wider than that, you know? And I think that's important because like you said, there's whether people want to admit it or not. There's billions of people who see the world differently, and certainly the the divine is bigger than just my very mm. narrow heritage. That really is, in a lot of ways, pretty pretty modern, even in beliefs. Uh, you know, it's pretty modern. So I'm all about holding spaces as as best as I know how.
0: Have you considered um, how? the movement of the people who may be a part of the new evangelicals spaces. Uh, and and I'll, I'll give you an example of, of what I mean. Um, so for me in my deconstruction, what was really important to me in the very beginning um, and, and still I, I, I treasure it because it meant so much to me in, in that time and season was Richard Rohr's work. Um, mm-hmm. And of course he's Christian and, um, I really admired what he had to say. And in a way I just, you know, as I mentioned, I, I no longer <laughs> identify with the Christian faith. Um, and so mm-hmm. I'm no longer like reading a bunch of his work or listening to a bunch of interviews, which I, I did. I was like, I love Richard Dawes. Like all, like, all I could do is just <laughs> listen and learn from him. Um, so what I mean is, have you considered, um, what that might look like for you in your spaces? Will there be people Will there be space held for those who are coming in for a time and leaving? Because that's the, that's the scary part about holding, you know, building out like you are and have it, creating a nonprofit and relying on people helping you fund, just being point blank, exactly right. what it is that you're doing. Um, <coughs> but also not forcing anyone to stay, but also wanting them to, but also not forcing them to. Is how, have you considered like what that might look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's already happened. On our Facebook community, several people have said, hey, you know, I appreciate the group, I'm going to move on. And I say that almost the same thing every time. Hey, it was great wa- great having you here. Welcome back anytime, you know, and, and wish you the best on your journey. That has to be the norm for what we're doing, right? I mm-hmm. mean, people are going to come and go, listen, we're mainly, we're mainly online. I mean, people unfollow, follow, All it's it's kind of the, the nature of things. Hmm. Um, my perspective is, hey, I'm not going to shy away from what I believe, what I hold to be true. Um, However, I'm also not going to make you believe that if you want to be here. (laughs) If you want to sit and offer perspective. And, you know, like I had someone the other day in my DMs who was like, hey, love the work you're doing. I love what you say. I'm actually an omnist." And uh, I'm not a believer anymore. I'm like, what's an ominous? And pretty much their idea, the belief is all religion has some value of truth to it. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Thanks for being here. You know, that's the end of it, right? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not compromising or changing what we do uh, in 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 a way that goes, okay, now we, I, I can't talk about Jesus anymore, right? No, this is what we do. I'm very clear about that. However, I'm so glad that 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 you found the work that we're doing as valuable to part of your journey, even though you might have. Very few of the same beliefs that I do. Mm. Um, we can we can certainly coexist. Um, so I think people respect that. I think people respect the reality that that we're honest and we're transparent, but we're not proselytizing and trying to convince people that you know um, if if they don't pray the prayer, right, uh, they're right. going to burn in hell one day forever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I love, it's just not my job. I love the we language that you use because it does make it feel so inclusive and so inviting because uh, I with it being you and multiple people obviously on your Instagram on the videos and stuff you are the face of it but like what does it look like to include the opinions and voices of those people that are volunteering in your space because I'm sure like we had said before (coughs) there's there's people that maybe don't hold the same beliefs or the same values as you but you want to be able to move this you want to move this thing forward in a place that's very clear about your boundaries and, and what it is that you do. So when you're consulting with your volunteers and your team and your body of, of people, what, what does it look like to incorporate their beliefs and their systems that maybe disagree with your belief systems uh, and put it into a space like Instagram where your face does tend to be what's seen by the public?
2: Yeah, I know that's a great question. Um, most of the people who volunteer with us do it in very specific ways. Like, for example, we have someone who's a licensed accountant who said, hey, let me just handle your books for you. It's just my gift to you. Great. So that, that's all she does. We touch base once a month. She says, here's the reports. Here's where the money's going. You know, here's, where, here's what, you, what you tell your community. And then, boom, that's great. So, so there are people just like that, right? People who help, who help produce the podcast, et cetera. The board itself, there's two people on the board plus me right now, and that's only because we're so new. Um, They are really – um, their focus is they're not really so much concerned about theology, more about about how we're we taking care of people, how are we getting ourselves organized, how are we staying focused, etc. Mm. However, I did um, for a while have an advisory board of six people um, of all different persuasions. We had uh, someone from the queer community down there. We had um, um, someone from the black tradition in there. We had someone who was more conservative on that board, and we just had to kind of work through some of the stuff at times, you know. And they would offer perspectives and and kind of give their their opinion on like tone and maybe certain statements and how that might come across to people. And then they would uh, trust me and whoever else to kind of like figure out the best way to maybe say some of those things. So a lot of them are really flexible in that way, but I always do my best. I'm not perfect. I have plenty plenty of my own shortcomings, but I do my best to always be asking intentionally and proactively, hey, what do you guys think about this? Hey, how does this sound? Um, And more recently, we actually have, it's a crazy story how it happened, but we have someone interning with us officially from fuller theological seminary who's getting their mdiv and they asked if they could intern with us you know um through their college i said if they want to, they're more than welcome to Mm -hmm. and this person is great and he's actually gonna be he's gonna start doing more public things for new evangelicals which i love getting my face off of everything Mm -hmm. and having more of a mixture you know so he's, he's he's actually doing a reel this friday um that that will be public and he's gonna start leading some zoom groups so we're working as soon as we can on getting even just the faces a little more diversified than just the same white dude on there every single time.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Would you technically still be considered a white evangelical then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really
2: would.
1: You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I think uh, that's so them. cool. You had talked about how, like, had you not been fired from your job and in, in your worship space, how you would still be in that, in an evangelical church. So, Yes, your, yeah. your practice, the, the way that you see the actual actions of the church outside of the theological stuff that you were just talking about, how your advisory board goes through more of the actual practical application of your space as the new evangelicals. So what if your, if your theology is separate from practice, I feel like that can be applied to the way that you had your divorce from your evangelical space, your evangelical church then as well. What is so? What has changed for you? Like, what kind of walk me through, maybe, like what your deconstruction looks like? Because for me, I can't imagine somebody who is deconstructing their faith and still can say that they would stay in their evangelical church space had they not been basically evicted from it.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, just to be clear, I was a volunteer there um, for six years and asked me to step down. So I didn't exactly lose like my, my income at the time. But it was, honestly, it was completely devastating. Um, it, I lost 90% of my friend group in, within four months of being there for six years. Wow. The reason why I say I would still be there is because when I, when I started New Evangelicals, I was there. Like, I didn't start New Evangelicals because I, I had a negative church experience. Yeah. That wasn't my experience. I, overall my church life was, was pretty decent. I got to play in a professional space every Sunday. We did great music stuff. I, you know, using in your monitors, like, like as a musician, yeah. it was a dream come true. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm working with, with a sound guy who's a friend of mine. He used to do sound for CPS studios. You know, I'm, I'm nerding out. We're using Ableton. <laughs> That's a lot of jargon for your listeners, but yeah. essentially it's very professional. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it's, and so I'm there I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, Long story short, I found this church six years ago after I was just kind of drumming around as needed. I said, you know, I'm going to park here. Yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah, I wrestle with so much, but these are good people. I want to go all in and get everything. So I did. I mean, that—that's that, what I did. I was fully invested. Um, I even uh, bought the church an SJC drum set I found online and donated nice. it. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, you. I want to drop that for you because you—you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And you know, and I—I loved it. And we also built this like multi-church worship night called Resonate that really blew up in our local area to over 60 churches coming out and over 600 people in the same room worshiping together. Um, and it was just like for me, I'm all about unity. I'm all about working together, so I loved it. So when I started New Evangelicals, um, it was just because I wanted to see the church do better in general, not 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 necessarily even my church. So the reason why I say I would still be there is because I have no problem working with people and doing things with people who hold different theological perspectives than I do. Like I I think what what makes the the beauty of church and and, and of life is when multiple perspectives are represented in the same room, worshiping the same God. Like that is beautiful. That, that shows the diversity, I think of the divine. So I had no problem being in that space, but essentially my, my, my pastor senior pastor five months ago, well, April ish, you know, sat me down and said, Hey, I can't have you saying what you say online that disagrees with me on the pulpit. I having you still in a position of quote unquote leadership, you know, leading on, on, on the stage. And I said, well, if that's the case, I have to step down. Um, and I did, and I stepped down and, um, I found out later on through text message that, that me stepping down was also me stepping down from that multi-church worship night. Um, and that one, that one really hurts. I really helped, you know, build all of that. And within five months, um, they, uh, they, uh, I, I haven't heard from them. I'll, I'll put it that way. You know, all, all the, I love you. You're still family. I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose a relationship. It's really out the window. And, uh, they moved on, like, almost like they just hit a speed bump in the road and kept on going.
0: Mm. Yeah. I was looking yeah. through on. Um, I, I think it was your video um, about what the docu series um, would be about. Yeah. Um, and your docu series are the your community conversations. Um, before yeah. yeah, before I get into that, can you tell us what that what that looks like?
1: Hey, everyone, I want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode.
2: Yeah, I mean, essentially, I'm a, I'm a big proponent in video and the arts. Obviously, I mean, I'm a musician. I, I love that. I think that people, I mean, we, I'll put it this way. We, we've gotten over 10,000 DMs over the past year on our account. Um, and some of the stories are just like okay, they need to be elevated. They need to be told. People need to know that this has happened to other people in church spaces. And so that's where the idea of the stocky series came out. I was talking to a buddy who's a videographer. I said, "What if we shot like a season, five or six episodes, fifteen, maybe twenty-minute <coughs> episodes, with like a uh, like an hour-long podcast interview, and just told the stories of some of these people that were getting in our DMs, people mm-hmm. who who posted." Last Black Lives Matter were asked to leave the church the next day. People who were on staff at very well-known churches who, who end up getting fired in some of the uh, shittiest ways possible. And it's like, th- these stories need to be elevated. They need to be told. So that's where the idea mm. of community conversations, which is really a working title, but that, 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 that that's where that came from.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, when I was uh, looked, <laughs> watching that video and one of the comments um, was from, uh this lady who is basically like can this be possible like i'm so i'm so hurt from from being in the church is it worth even trying you know um and essentially she's talking about like the the space the new evangelical space and like maybe the docuseries i'm I'm not sure but she i think in general she was just kind of saying like that is what it kind of felt like it was going that way towards her like for her was like that it was this community of Christians essentially um or mostly um and yeah so her her fear was like i i don't know i'm i might be hurt trying to be in this space um mm-hmm. and with that being said i feel like the um with what you do you might have a lot of people like your demographic maybe a lot of people who are just starting deconstruction or deconstructing um or who have recently left their church or been asked to leave the church um and they're looking for a space and a community to exist in however with that demographic there is a lot of hurt um and a lot of pain that maybe some people haven't truly healed from i mean that can take years you know we it, there's a lot of things that, um, within that, but the comment just got me thinking, you know, that, that is going to be a lot of who you come in contact with. So all that being said, how do you pour, like to use Christian language, how do you pour back into yourself? How do you make sure that you are okay and that you are, um, uh, navigating essentially a lot of traumatized people,
2: yeah I mean the majority of people that we work with are are either freshly traumatized or are completely feeling like like they're like like they jumped off a cliff and they can't see the bottom and they have no clue where they're gonna land um There's a lot of trauma which which honestly makes our Facebook community really a miracle in that way because it's become such a healthy Safe place where whenever people hop on there, and sometimes someone will hop on to be real antagonistic. They're just met with like grace and love. And it's like, yes, guys, yes, this is it. Like, keep mm. doing that, you know? I love that. I love that. Because our big a big value of ours is that is that we don't dehumanize people. Like, even Sean Foyd, right? Like, I we cannot dehumanize people that we don't like. For me, that just participates in the cycle of chaos that we're trying to stop. Um, and so I say that because you know, that helps me a lot with realizing that every person behind the screen is a human being made in the embargo day. And, and they've been really wounded by other people, a lot of times faith leaders, right? People who, who have, who have claimed to be kind of the mediator, right? Or the representation of God to them. And, and they ended up really hurting them sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally, sexually. And so that, that, that can be a lot for me. I mean, part of my own uh, journey is, uh, is, is healing, right? I'm I'm healing from this trauma that happened to me. I'm in therapy for, I have Mm. stress dreams every week about what happened to me at my church. You know Mm. I mean? It's, it's a reality. Um, luckily for me, I, I, I play music professionally on the weekends, um, with with like a cover band that hits like my my local area. I live in like New Jersey. So the Jersey store is a big spot. And Mm. that's really cathartic for me getting time away from the screen, getting time to play some top forties, you know, nonsense music that's so it, for me, it's easy to play, but it's also fun. Yeah. Um, so, so that really helps. Of course, I have a family. I have an 18 month old and getting time to spend with them is really important to me. Um, but honestly, this, this stuff in a lot of ways gives me energy. Like it really motivates me to keep going um it, it really motivates me to, to keep pushing forward to keep thinking of better ways to help people we're working on building uh, a therapist network um, hopefully this year where we can say hey we've talked to these therapists that are licensed they specialize in these kinds of traumas you know here's a website that you can go and, and see their information what insurance they take what their rate is um and, and now you have people who you can go to who are safe so we're hoping just to create more of those systems to help people kind of through that healing process
1: yeah that's so cool. Honestly, like. To me, it just sounds like the the thing that you missed, the thing that whether it was a complex trauma being in the church for such a long time or if it was an actual traumatic event like being fired or being let go or kicked out of your church space basically and your community, it, it sounds like even what's pouring back into you is building out community, is leading spaces, is is bringing people together and allowing other people to be able to find solace and commun in in conversation with people that are either like minded or at least in conversation with people that maybe disagree but uh, refuse to participate in dehumanizing <laughs> tactics and and it's just so cool to see that that is the basis of the heart of of the new evangelicals is to create is to create community and it's because it's something that you're passionate about and it's something that is healing for you is creating new spaces and being able to and being able to bring other people together and I just I feel like when you're operating out of a place that is healing for you and also healing for others I just can't I can't see that going poorly like I can't I can't see that failing because it's it it's not work it's not working the same way as like you have to right. escape it. You don't have to escape it to be able to to be able to recharge to come back into it. And when it's self generating like that, I I I think it really is. I think the people really pick up on that.
2: Yeah, I think so. I hope so. You know, I mean, um, there's a great uh, like philosopher theologian Peter Rollins, and he wrote a book called Insurrection. And in the book, he says every human has a universe inside of them. And that always stuck with me like forever ago. And I thought, yeah, you're right. Like every person you're meeting has like this really complex solar system inside of them of connections and like trauma and good times and bad times. And that just, it's just so intriguing to me to think about it like that. You know, every person I'm talking to has this unique story. And I think that's really what drives what we do, you know, is that people are the most valuable things to ever exist. They have intrinsic worth. I believe that that, that, that every human reflects the divine, um, and there's beauty in there. And, you know, what better goal in life than to, than, than to play your small role, and it is a small role, just to help humanity go forward, to help human flourishing, to help healing, and to bring heaven on earth.
0: That's beautiful. Love that. Um, you know, I, yeah. did, I did post, uh, I asked people to send in questions for you. Um and oh, yes. you got any? Yeah, so one of them, I um, will just kind of, um, lead to the end of our conversation, because I know you have something um, right after this. Um, but i'll I'll just ask you this one question. Um, they said, I'm deconstructing while attending a conservative college. Any advice?
2: Um, I mean, it's there's a lot of nuance there that I don't know about, like how conservative it is, you know, conservative in what way are we talking about Bob Jones University or you know like a like um a college in Texas, right? I think that what I would say is if you're there and if you're committed to it, do your best to understand the perspectives. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to agree with them at all, but at least understand how they draw those conclusions. I think that the people who do the best work when when it comes to maybe refuting some uh, perspectives that that they don't agree with are the people who understand the other perspective really well, and they can speak to it and they can say, hey- I, I'm not misrepresenting you at all. I'm telling you, because this is what you believe. I know that. Here's why I still don't agree with it. So soak it in, you know, for sure. Um, and also do your best not to go crazy. I mean, it can be tough. You know, it can be tough. And if there are certain moral things that you think are worth taking a stand and you think it's worth it, then take the stand, right? If there's something that's happening on that camp, you disagree with it theologically, but you think is morally damaging or actually harming people then then do what you got to do you know by all means but if that's not the case then then soak it in and 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 understand it to the best of your ability Mm.
0: yeah yeah i mean i i remember i i went to a i went to a religious college but it was it's not necessarily conservative i guess yeah right but um (laughs) well
1: they did just start allowing dances right what or was that maybe maybe mm-hmm. that's the church that, or the school that all my friends went to in Minnesota? No,
0: no, no. We we had dances. Oh, okay. I whipped my hair back and forth. <laughs> yeah,
1: you did. <laughs> nice. Um, that's when Willow
0: Smith came out with that song. I think it was like a freshman or a sophomore year or a sophomore in college. Um, but anyway, I I I wasn't deconstructing at the time, but I can imagine that being very like isolating. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think the point that uh, you made, Tim, is really good. That a lot of the best people to refute and to and to have open <laughs> honest complex conversation about a lot of these topics do know both sides because generally and as we see a lot of people in the deconstruction and the post evangelical community come from evangelical spaces and i mean i feel like that's maybe like a an obvious thing since it's you have to have something to move away from But I think it's also an important component to why it is that we're having such good, honest conversation and why we're able to foster communities that are good at holding multiple truths and (coughs) being and sitting in conflict with one another while holding space and love for each other is because we came from deep rooted belief that we were right. And when that was taken from us, that's when we started seeking what else is wrong and what else can has has more complexity than we could have ever imagined
2: no that's totally right and also we know that space so well like that i think what's frustrating is when people you know specifically white evangelical pastors like we can use mark driscoll as an example because he's been in this you know recently you know critical theory is satanic blah 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 blah, blah bullshit um, and you know deconstruction is harmful and it's like mark we, we, we've we been in your spaces, and we're here now, and you're misrepresenting us because we know what we're talking about. Like it's so easy to refute that because it's like I know he's, he, he, what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about, right? right. And so I think, I think that's part of this. I think that's why so many of us are not backing down. It's like, no, you're not going to gaslight us. We grew up in these evangelical spaces. We actually experienced what you're saying is so – um, infrequent as actually a very frequent thing. Whether it's gaslighting, emotional abuse, whatever it is, you know, bad theology. So it's. I think. I think that's part of the reason why so many of us are so outspoken and so absolutely like we're not going to give on this because we know these spaces because you birthed us, right? Like this, the evangelical church gave birth to us. Now, yeah. so yes, I absolutely know what I'm talking about. Which is why, by the way, why I, I don't critique the black church, right? Or the Catholic church, because I didn't grow up in those spaces. People who grew up in those spaces do that work to critique those, those movements. But for me, I do my best to stay in my lane, uh, specifically the white evangelical church.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, and that's why it's so important to point at those people that are creating content around that, because not only are, does that make it so that we can avoid co-opting we being you and I, both white evangelicals, uh, instead of co-opting, the the stories of those people that are that are deconstructing or or evolving beyond the the faith structures that they were in that we have no <laughs> reference to pointing yes. to creators that do that work is super important because not only does that break down this colonization yes. version of christianity that we've been perpetuating but it also it gives platform to people it it And it allows us to come alongside those that have different experiences on us in the same way as coming alongside those people that we maybe have disagreements with and that we have uh, different beliefs than. And we're able to come alongside those people and say, hey, look, this is your experience. This is my experience. But we're headed toward something better, whatever that is for you maybe different than what it is for me, but we're able to link arms in this and and I just want to be alongside you and I, wanna, I, I want to be a part of a bigger table.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. Spot on.
0: Well, for those who are curious as to how to get involved and, and be a part of this space, because I, I have a feeling, um, knowing our audience, there's going to be a handful of people who resonate and um, feel her or feel seen, um, and represented because like I said, I mean, we've, Adam and I have had our own journey and, uh, that's why we bring on all kinds of guests to speak from their perspectives. Um, but we yeah. have some people who have deconstructed and have been doing that for years and still love Jesus and still identify with <laughs> Christianity and, um, may still be looking for a place to commune. So how, how can they, how can they get involved?
2: Yeah, I mean the the front door to what we do is uh, on Instagram at the New Evangelicals. That's where all of our resources and like links are. You can go to the to the new evangelicals.com and see the map. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the New Evangelicals, no e because it was already taken. So and of, <laughs> of course I also have a, I also have a podcast as well, the New Evangelicals podcast. So where I get to interview people and and talk to them and get all different kinds of people, kind of similar to what you guys do, all different perspectives, all over the place. Um, you know, on the show.
0: Very cool. awesome well great um <laughs> i was gonna say any last words that sounds like i'm about to <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> is there anything else that you would like to say to our community
2: uh thanks for listening i really appreciate it um and for those of you who maybe have walked away from the christian tradition i i understand and hopefully what I said gave you some hope for other people that there are still some decent Christians in the world
0: trying to trying to make some <laughs> positive change. <laughs> there are, there really are, awesome. Well, um, ditto. Like he said, we we thank you guys for listening. We love you, and until next time, bye. bye.